Welcome back to The Peripheral. Uh, today is going to be a special edition two-parter where we look into what some people call sexual disorders. But I'm going to say up front that that term is very questionable because any mental disorder can rear its ugly head in different ways, whether it be anxiety, depression, you name it. Before we start, I wanted to give a shout out to Mike from Pleasing Terrors. Uh, I guess he was in a pretty bad car accident on his way back from a meetup. Destroyed his car and he was injured pretty bad, but I haven't seen him post anything on social media about it, but I hope you're doing well, Mike. My first guest is Anthony, and he suffers major anxiety, but in a very specific way. Now, the reason why I'm breaking this up into two parts is because I actually have two separate guests, but both of their interviews are rather long, and Anthony was able to get back with me with an update on his situation, which will be at the very end of the episode. I have to, you know, I'm sure everybody does this feel long time listener, first time caller. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I started listening to The Peripheral this year in 2018 because I didn't know you were talking about a podcast called The Peripheral. Oh, (laughs) because you'd be like my peripheral podcast. And I was like, great if you named it. (laughs) so finally you said at one point like oh it's the peripheral i'm oh i'm an idiot so i looked it up and i've binged them learned a lot about certain things yeah and um i guess the reason why i reached out to you is because uh you've talked to people now there was in hindsight there was one um it was the tale of two errands episode uh which is i feel bad saying it's one of my favorites it's one of the ones it's a very unique story about um uh, the Aaron finding her boss. Uh, that was, uh, yeah. I mean, she ends up having anxiety, but I, um, but it's labeled basically as post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and mine, I can't do that with, which is kind of the reason why I reached out. Because people are like, I have depression and I have anxiety. And they go kind of hand in hand. Like my medication that I take, which is very light, Citalopram mm-hmm. or Celexa, yeah. is um, for both uh, depression and anxiety. But uh Depression, I just have had always like, yeah, I, I'll cover one thing first because I'm talking to you. Yeah. I don't have anxiety about this. That's so weird because I was worried. Mine is very specific. And unfortunately, the people who have a more generalized one can't talk about it because they have social anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I've quit jobs because of depression. And, and I lucked out, I guess, in the sense that most people have not seen side of me i i want to talk to you about mm-hmm. i i have had and like i've only kind of covered them specifically because i have had anxiety attacks that are not related to dating but i can kind of tell you why so my triggers are uh dating and physical contact in that sense it's it's more of a it's not like a normal trigger like a trigger could be smell of a perfume or a sound or uh, something someone says, like a joke or something, right? It brings you back into that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, with mine, it is context, which is really weird because I've had friends who have I've had a crush on. Uh, one girl knew about it, and I'll end up talking because I talked to her through one of the panic attacks. 
she brought up even, well, you didn't have an issue around me. And I said, that's because the context was not there. You're my friend. And as much as I had feelings for you, that you were my friend and that wasn't happening. There wasn't any anticipation or intention. It, yes, exactly. What happens is, and I've actually been able to observe myself in the situation um, once and uh, unrelated to dating, it was a weird situation that I'm still not fully sure why I had it, but I was with my dad going to see a concert in a bar in Toronto and um, just had a panic attack. And uh, that was the most out of place one for sure. It's never happened again. It's was, I don't know why, but no, idea. it was a smaller bar. It just, it just happened while I was outside. And when we got in, uh, I've still, I was still having a bit of a panic attack. My dad doesn't know what to do. Cause like that time he, he didn't see me have one before I looked like a heroin addict. That's the best way I can describe it. I physically yeah. looked different. I turned pale. My eyes kind of like the bags under my eyes were a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked like I was tweaking. I was rubbing my face a lot. I was like leaning back, staring at the ceiling or staring at my shoes and like kind of rocking back and forth. And then I'd not feel well, go to the washroom and consistently look at myself in the mirror, throw water on my face, either enter a stall, maybe like dry heave, um, try to go to the bathroom. It looked like I was having a bad trip or coming down or something. And feel it coming on too. And you know, it's bad. Yeah. And obviously not everyone has this. The best comparison I can have is it's that sense of dread before conflict that you are about to fight, um, whether it be verbally or physically, there's your body changes in that moment. I've been there. So that's the reason why I know that feeling. And once the conflict has subsided, whether you've talked your way out of it or you realize that it wasn't ever going to happen or you go to fisticuffs and both people like wipe the dust off and be like, all right, that was whatever. And they walk away or, or pulled apart. Mm-hmm. Like I used to have that as a kid cause I wasn't the best fighter. So I'd get worried, but it's that feeling, but there's nothing to actually fight because nothing's going wrong. Your brain's not sure what's going wrong. You're like, I just want to escape or fight it. And like, well, you don't know what it is. So you can't escape from it. And you don't have anything to fight but yourself. So you end up just feeling terrible physically, mentally, exhausted by the end of it. And uh, if you're like me, you vomit a lot and <laughs> yeah. uh, you worry that someone's going to be like, what's wrong with him? And then you're going to have to explain, well, you don't. I just I have really bad anxiety because like they might not understand a lot of people who say, well, I understand anxiety. Like, no, you understand that you get nervous. Yeah. yeah. I get nervous. That's a human thing. That means yeah. you care. That means you are hoping for the best usually. Mm-hmm. That, you know, like I get nervous when I do public speaking. I did public speaking throughout grade school. Mm-hmm. And I have no issue doing it now, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> to some extent, I'm talking to you and that's going to go live. Yeah. Right? Well, Hopefully. It, in full disclosure, I've never had a panic attack but my wife and friends all have, and I've seen them go through it. I've only suffered nervousness, and I just did a public speaking engagement the other day, and I feel like I flubbed the whole thing because I was just shaking inside. But I didn't run, I didn't profusely sweat, I didn't think I was gonna die, and that's the difference. (laughs) Yes, and that is the difference. And uh, while I appreciate people going like, I understand, 
I know that they're trying to do the right thing by trying to empathize or sympathize, but it's until you've seen it and until you've seen how bad it is, it's not like words only mean so much. Yeah. So I guess kind of where I'll start off now, start off, <laughs> You've started, I guess where <laughs> I, I guess where I, I will kind of back us up and just yeah. kind of explain who I am to some extent. 26, if we're using baseball analogies, uh, I've never even seen play on the field. I'm sitting on the bench still. It is to say, like, I haven't even gauged first base because of this. Um, and I've realized that's not weird or abnormal for me, but. In the grand scheme of things, that's not necessarily common. And it is noticeable, especially as I, you know, I realize like I still got four years till 30. I just turned 26, but I'm seeing friends who are getting married, um, who are having kids, and I haven't even come close to that. It's so weird because looking, I'm assuming your profile pic on Skype is. Yeah. Is, is oh, yeah. You. So. I, I'm not a judge of men because I'm no, hetero, but, I understand. But, but you're a good looking guy. Right. And I get that a lot. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and I'm you, not trying to float. Like I wasn't going to bring it up because I didn't want to, you know, toot my own horn. But it, it is something that is weird, right? That I yeah. do look like that. And yet here I am. It's something that's been there for a long time, but I pinpoint it to really manifesting at... 18. Um, but I've had depression since I was, I was diagnosed with depression at like between ages eight and 10. Mm-hmm. I can't pinpoint the year. And I lived with that probably before that even, but that was just the diagnosis. But like I said, I did public speaking. Like I didn't have issues. I've always been very emotional and I take medication for that. Uh, but it has effects on my anxiety, not negative, just effects on my anxiety. So I switched schools in grade six, moved cities, and in grade seven, they used to have like a grade seven, eight dance at a local school. So everybody from other schools could come. They'd have a uh, video DJ there. And I sort of felt a panic attack there when I went to, like I felt uncomfortable um, because I hadn't been in that environment before, but I had asked a girl to the dance who I liked with the pressure of the other boys kind of like pushing me there. And, uh, because otherwise you wouldn't have even asked, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably not. No, I, and I'm not sure if that was anxiety. Like, I don't know if that was just nervous tension. Cause I feel like everybody gets that if they really like someone, yeah. right. You feel, you got to feel nervous. Otherwise I, it's kind of weird. I'd assume. Yeah. I don't know. I have to view it from the outside. Right. But I've heard people talk and it's like, you've got to feel something. Otherwise, you know, what do you care? So I asked her, she said yes, and I'm feeling great, and all the guys are like, woo, yeah! Like, it was really weird experience. Um, we were all waiting to get back inside uh, the classroom or whatever, and one of her friends walks over and said, like, it was agreement just as a joke, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yep. And I played it off cool, but I definitely felt that. And I only bring it up because I'm like, maybe that has something to do with this. But for the most part, it only really stopped me from, like, trying. I don't know if it actually affected anxiety. Like, I think the anxiety would have been there regardless. So, avoided dating in high school. I did martial arts and work, and there was basically no time. Mm -hmm. I was getting paid, and I was doing martial arts. So, 
the first real sort of date I had was prom. Uh, there was a girl at work that didn't go to my high school that I had a thing for. We used to talk after work. I asked her to prom. She agreed. And I went to pick her up and um, dry heaved almost like as you we were pulling out of her driveway. Yeah, I had to be like, I had to stop for a second, open up the door. Because like, that's where it started. Yeah. Um, I, I might laugh during the story because I'm, I'm, I have to, otherwise it's super depressing. Right there with you, man. <laughs> um, you just got to laugh through the pain. Um, in hindsight, like I watch it basically as I'm watching like a comedic output of like the worst thing possible. <laughs> yeah. Because it is kind of that. So we get there to the, da- like the dance, we get in, I drop her off the table and I'm like, I just have to use the washroom. I go in there and vomit. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Right back there. Um, what did you eat that day? <laughs> I don't think I ate anything oh. because I had nervous. Yeah. I was nervous. So nervous, I don't. You're not hungry. I don't eat anything. Yeah, I'm not hungry. So, um, but anxiety, like nervous, I've never puked. I don't want to eat anything because I don't want to feel sick in case, mm-hmm. right? And you just lack that hunger. Anxiety, like, I don't even drink water almost through anxiety. Like, I have to force it now. So we get there, and um, it's uh, it's okay. Like, we slowed dance. I made it through that and didn't die. But uh, I my personality changed a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, very not aggressive, I feel like, but not defensive either. It was like a weird combination of the both. Like I kind of had to be a little meaner to people that weren't her because I didn't know what they were going to come at me with. It was really weird. It wasn't, it isn't who I am or want to be. It's a defensive mechanism because you're fearing harm or death. So, okay. Yeah, (laughs) that's yeah. And what was going to happen? The answer is nothing. Nothing was going to happen. I don't know why I was worrying. But uh, the plan was is that after the actual prom event was done, people go up to a uh, place called Grand Bend, which is a lake in uh, – I think it's Lake uh, Ontario or Erie. Basically, it's a beach that's colder than any beach in the States. So, <laughs> you know, you don't swim. You just go there and drink on the beach. Yeah, um, I was going to say you're in Canada. I don't know if uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's summer. It'll be – warm-ish but it'll be night and i don't know but we weren't going because that's where all the people would go to drink and because i worked with her we went and met up with some work friends of mine we met up with a friend who just came from his prom that was the same night and two older guys that worked there too and uh we all went for ice cream by the way lactose intolerance so that was a bad idea oh Uh, oh just again comedy of errors uh but i still having anxiety and uh there was a picture taken of me think it was her that took it of me sitting in my car because I wasn't feeling well. My, my hands are over my stomach. I'm looking kind of sick. I don't look like I'm having a panic attack, but I definitely was. And that kind of sums up that whole night is that she was outside with the other guys talking and having a time. And I was away in my head somewhere, just kind of physically jump, like kind of jumping in and out. And and that's the first time I really knew, is this what it's going to be like? Uh-huh. And I knew I made an asshole of myself The uh, when she said, like, I'll just get a ride home from the other guys. Like, oh, no. 
Yeah, you're like I was your date, and yeah, yeah. I but I went home because she was basically I knew that she was telling me to go home. So um, I uh, get to college and I try to reinvent myself uh, poorly, but uh, it's the first time I notice that girls are attracted to me. Mm-hmm. That's a weird thing because like throughout high school they might have been, but I didn't catch on. Or at least it was girls I was attracted to seemed to have some attraction in me, uh, attraction to me, and I was like, "What is this? This is new." I think nobody knows how to communicate in high school very well, so guys don't ever know that the the ladies are interested until college or much later. <laughs> yeah, I was also. I mean, people were dating in high school, and I had no experience. So to me, like. Like, I don't know. I don't know even how to tell really a girl that I had a thing for her. So like when I asked the girl to prom and say like, hey, I have a huge crush on you, even though I knew it was obvious um, in hindsight. So, yeah, like I didn't ask a girl that I had like a thing for for years after even and like in high, uh, college I ended up asking at someone else I worked with. And that was my first, I guess, real date. I was 20 was I 20? No, I would have been 19. And she was 17. Regardless, she was in, I think she was in grade 11 and I was my first year of college. Okay. Regardless, uh, that didn't go anywhere. In fact, I made an ass out of myself there too. Uh, I don't really remember that time because a lot of stuff happened. And just an observation on my end, you're older than her, yet you're still being... Yeah triggered you're still having the anxiety it didn't matter that fell apart for a multitude of reasons but anxiety definitely played a role in that um so then in there's two events in 2014 the first one is so um my birthday is actually in february so it's cold Mm -hmm. outside is your birthday on Valentine's Day or anything? No, no. It's, yeah, it's, oh God, wouldn't that just be the perfect thing? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the photo that my Skype photo is, I took that on Valentine's Day because I was feeling a little bit down. And it was oh, like, oh, I'm just going to take the nicest photo of myself I can. Okay. I just realized that that photo is something that comes up later. So so in 2014, uh, it's it's cold February. And the class is like, let's go drinking for your birthday or whatever. We'll have a little party at my house. Now, one thing I need to note is, uh, and I don't live there anymore, so I'll just say it. I lived in London, Ontario. So any Canadian in Ontario knows that that is a college university town. And uh, if you have a house party near the college campus, you're not holding a close-knit party. You have invited the whole neighborhood uh, as much as you may try. It's just going to be us is what I'm thinking because – I have my head in the clouds, so we get there. I just have uh, some some rum and coke, and uh, I start mixing my drinks when we get down in the basement because the upper floor is filled with people none of us recognize. So the rest of us who are from my class kind of just like, we're going to go in the basement. I'm sitting there, and I have a, a skull cap, basically, uh, a winter skull cap on, and uh, a girl walks up, and either sat on my lap or sat on the the arm of the couch I was sitting at. And I want to say she sat on my lap, not to make the story better, <laughs> but uh, because it, it don't think the couch actually had any arms, mm-hmm. which is a weird thing to remember. But she sat on my lap. She asked me why I was wearing a hat. 
I don't want to have a conversation with this girl. Not because she, she's bad looking. I just, I don't know you. You are like, who invited you here to my lap? I'm trying to drink. And I need to get this girl gone because I don't want to deal with her. She asked me why I was wearing the hat. And I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm just wearing a hat. She's like, oh, you should take it off or whatever. And all my friends are like, no, no, no. They're like, just don't even ask him to take the hat off. He gets moody or whatever. I take the hat off and they're all surprised. Mm -hmm. But in my head, I'm like, get her gone. Yeah, you're trying to pacify. She starts rubbing her hands through my hair. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening in my head? I'm a little bit boost. I've had like a drink and I'm a lightweight. I'm not a big guy and I don't drink a lot. So it's, I'm starting to feel it a bit. She rubs her hands through my hair and she said something that in, I think she said I had hair like Edward Scissorhands. Oh God. Have you seen Edward Scissorhands? My hair's not that bad. <laughs> or like Johnny Depp. And even then I was like, no, what? And like, she kind of went away. A friend of mine's like, don't do anything with that girl. And I'm like, I didn't invite her over. I didn't want that to happen. My friend sitting in front of me has apparently borrowed my booze. He is mixing and he vomits on the floor right near my feet. Instantly, every bit of me that was drunk, because all this has now transpired, snaps out of it. The the party starts to go to shit in general. One friend locks himself in the bathroom. So I need to get in there to vomit. I'm now having a panic attack. My body's like, you need to get this alcohol out we are in bad, like, this is bad. This might be danger. You need to get this alcohol out and sober the hell up and get the hell out of here. So girl ran th- her hands through my hair, like, yeah, uncomfortable, but like not the end of the world. So I step outside in the winter into snow without shoes on. I'm wearing socks and vomit. I do this twice. My feet are now wet. I'm still panicking. I put on shoes and go outside. I'm wearing a sweater of some sort, but I leave my jacket inside and I'm talking to a friend. I don't want to go back in. I think he goes in and grabs my jacket. I leave my alcohol. I'm just like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And I leave with a friend. The anxiety, actually I had to go back inside once because I get one inside to get my jacket because as I walked in, that girl that was sitting on my lap was sitting on some other guy's lap, looked at me and waved seductively. And I was like, what? what is this even like I need to get the hell out of here this is a mess and this is a disaster and uh I think I almost gave myself frostbite that night because my feet were wet I put them in shoes it's cold outside when I got home the next hour and a half was me in pain Mm -hmm. as my feet re-swelled so one time where I put myself potentially in physical harm just because I was like I don't know what to do well it's the fight or flight and you went into flight mode You'll notice that that is generally the response I have. Yeah. So. (laughs) Well, I'm glad when when some, when a a random woman is running their hands through your hair, I'm glad you went into flight mode and not fight mode. (laughs) You know, in hindsight, that is a very, yeah. um, (laughs) Something I've never thought about uh, because I've always just been like fighting myself in my head. I've never thought about that. So, and I'm going to bring up something that may be a weird thing to think about, but. Why am I so uncomfortable with women? Naturally, somebody with who's maybe a little bit been dealing with this for too long goes like, am I not knowing that I'm gay? I don't find any attraction in men, but I feel like that's never happened with men. Mm-hmm. 
that happened with a guy because I worked in a mall okay. and uh, it, be, having no dating experience, I didn't realize this guy asked me out. We both worked in the same mall. He worked in a record store and I'm a big music collector. Mm-hmm. So I'm in there quite a bit and we talk and uh, he's a cool guy, uh, older than me, but I, I don't care about age when talking to people who either have the same interests or you don't and we got to get along or we don't. So I don't realize he might think I'm gay mm-hmm. um, and he has to hang out sometime. To me, we've been talking about music or whatever. It doesn't clue in that when he asked me for my number, I gave it to him not realizing mm-hmm. because in that moment, the context wasn't like I didn't clue into it, left the store. Immediately as I stepped out of that store, I realized, oh, no. He might have given a mixed signal or something. Yeah. So now I'm in panic mode because it the context has changed. Like that took a lot of nerve of this guy. Not bad. He doesn't know who, how I'm going to react to that, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I would have gotten aggressive. It's It's got to be a scary thing. It's already intimidating to ask someone out. It's got to be worse if, you know, a part of the population might hate you for doing so. I started worrying, like, am I giving off the wrong signals? Oh, my God, what's happening? Oh, my God. He's th- like, and then he starts texting me and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not in the mall anymore. I've gone home. He's like, you want to meet for lunch? I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know what I locked myself in my uh, house like he was going to find me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in the basement at that time, my parents, and I, I locked myself in the house uh, all weekend, panicking, couldn't get over it. The only thing that could get me out of it was a bit of music. For some reason, and it's uncomfortable to say, the only song that was doing it that weekend was Peter Gabriel's Steam. <laughs> I don't know why. It was So now I know that there's this is just an issue that I have. Like It's not just like, oh, it only happens with women. No, it happens if the context changes to anybody sort of finding me any sort of attractive and wanting to maybe establish that sort of relationship but even then like cognitively not with a guy but like cognitively i'm like i don't have i want to have a relationship with a girl i wouldn't get myself into that situation if i didn't want to Mm -hmm. but then i I don't know if i'd say it subconsciously but whatever part of my brain that activates the anxiety says you can't do that and it's sad because like people say that like well you know, people can't make you feel better or whatever. Incorrect. Yes, they can. You don't really know what it's like to feel like you're alone way too long. And you just want some, even if it's not physical intimacy, emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty open guy with people. It's weird because like I'm, I'm kind of telling you right now, like you technically are a stranger Yeah. yeah. I, as much as I know you from your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Again, big fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, reality is, is if someone stopped me on the street and asked about it, like I'd be a little weirded out that they somehow recognize my voice from this podcast. But um, I'd be honest with them and tell them and try to help them mm-hmm. because that's just who I am. I'm a pretty open book. Um, there's not a lot going on to share, I suppose, too, but there's still that little extra step that I just don't get from just being that way with normal people. You know, I kind of want to share the mushier feelings, too, than the uh, 
just information because that's all this is. It's not just yeah. information that I'm sharing. Exactly. So the reality that I can't because anxiety will stop me at all costs is another observation I just made though was even when you were drunk, the anxiety cut right through it. Oh yeah. So I was going to bring this up later, but uh, one thing that I've heard for years, um, not about anxiety, but my, my, my depression is that like, yeah, man, you just got to smoke some weed. Well, <laughs> my lungs weren't great. Yeah, I know it, everybody's fucking solution to everything. And there is war, but everybody's solution is you just got to smoke some weed. How, how bad was your panic attack after you smoked that weed? So, <laughs> so if smoking weed, I want to eat it. Cause like, I'm not going to do it. We basically reenacted the best, the cleaner version of breaking bad in my friend's house because he went and bought weed and I went and bought munchies and brownie mix I'm not going to go the first time, like, just weed, of like, marijuana, THC of any sort. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go and get arrested my first time. So you guys go. I'll go get the easy stuff. Uh, I won't be the guy that's panicking the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to get caught? Because that'll, that'll piss off whoever you're buying from, I'm sure. So I go and get that. And we, we my friend, um, using really rough science, uh, cooks the THC out of pot because you don't want to just throw pot in a brownie. That's gross. Yeah. And we have brownies, and he gave me a piece that was probably too big. It, it was super strong. His stoner friend, he's a stoner. His friend was a stoner. His stoner friend eventually told him, like, dude, these were super strong. And he felt bad. And at first, I was like, I don't feel it, of course, because that's what everybody who has an edible says. And then um, I went with them to a uh, Popeye's chicken. Um, because they're like, we're going to get some food before we can't get, we can't go anywhere. So, uh, you know, you might want to come with us. I'm like, I'm not hungry. And they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, I guess I could get food, which should have been the first sign. We got back. I took one bite of the chicken. It was the best chicken I ever had started laughing. And the anxiety basically cut through that too. And was like, this isn't you. You don't laugh this much. Something's wrong. Then it was a weird, different sort of panic attack, but it was it was definitely a panic attack where I was like way too aware of stuff that I shouldn't have been aware of. Started to feel like I was being pulled backwards through myself while I sat in a chair. And I think for 12 hours, I slept on a concrete floor or tried to sleep it out. It was that bad. Um, and it affected me all weekend to some extent because that's how strong it was and that's how um, unfamiliar. But like alcohol for my depression, whew. It makes me feel like, like, great, I'm very quiet when I drink, uh, and I'm usually caught like staring at the ceiling or just kind of staring off into space, but it relaxes me, which when you have depression, like anything that gives you a better feeling, like, yeah. so I hit the sauce at one point pretty hard. Uh, I'd vomit and keep drinking just because like, I want to feel good, mm-hmm. but I don't do that anymore really because I just don't feel good <laughs> physically like my stomach curls and I was like yep nope we're done with that yeah um the only thing that I've ever really taken from my anxiety that's worked it's not so much easy to get in Canada but in the states I know it's everybody's favorite it's Xanax oh yeah they they, um, they hand that out like candy out here yeah <laughs> I've heard I I'm given I was given 10 pills and they're like you need to not remove this label from this bottle or they will take you out and like, yeah. like, oh, good, great. And it's like, you have to let the cops know if that's in your car. Like, all right. It is a little bit stricter up here. They give, they're like, here's 10 pills. And if you go through them, we'll give you 10 more. But we won't give you 10 more until you go through those 10 pills. Yeah. I've only ever taken one. And it was not 
necessarily anxiety related. Uh, it was a uh, very bad depression episode, so mm-hmm. I took one to sleep. Yeah. And uh, that stuff knocks me out. I'm, oh, yeah. So I'm 6'2 and 130 pounds. I'm not a big guy at all. I'm very lean. That stuff is an elephant tranquilizer. So I didn't even bring that with me. If I have a panic attack, I'm better off just running away from the situation because that stuff will knock me out. And then I'm stuck there. Do you have the bars, the footballs, or the rounds? The footballs. So okay. they are the uh, 0.25 milligrams. Yeah. I've taken Xanax in the past and when it comes to the footballs, I break them in half and just take one side of it. I'll, I'll cut any pill I take in half first just to see how it goes. Well, that would have been smarter. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah. I'm a little bit my more experienced. Divorced. My parents were separating and I was in such a yeah. broken state that I was just like, well, down the hatch. And like in hindsight, yeah, the broken pill would have, uh, would have definitely done better. And now actually that you say that, I might start carrying them on me again just in case because that is a because it just says take one tablet by mouth for every panic attack. So I did it. Yeah, well, as needed. It knocks me out and I'm I wouldn't even call it sleep because I was pulled out of it pretty quickly and then went right back as soon as the conversation was over. My mom woke me up to let her me know uh, she was leaving the house and I grabbed her arm like I was, you know, ready for combat or whatever and just was like, huh. And like she finished her conversation, I let go. She left, and I was right back out. Uh, I didn't wake up till much later. That stuff knocks me out, so I can't use that for an anxiety attack, really, because if I take one, I'm out. Like, great. So I went from puking in an alleyway to passed out in an alleyway because I took drugs. Like, none of that. Uh, and I haven't even gotten to the, the that story because it's absolutely the worst. And that's the that's the thing. Like, it just keeps amplifying. Like, it's not even a just keep doing it like mm, no <laughs> no it's not working to keep doing it every time i do it it gets worse and a side note i guess to some extent is that i went for counseling last year for depression we talked about anxiety there as well it is not easy to get in canada but if you do not have and this is only for canadians and i wish i had an answer for people in the united states but because of our healthcare system if you have no other option like if you do not have any health insurance you uh, you can go to your doctor. They can basically, almost a prescription, they can kind of push you towards a counseling service in a hospital. That's what I went for. And it helped me quite a bit. Mileage may vary on being able to get it, but it is something that's there. And like they aren't going to tell you about it because not every doctor knows. And even if they do, it's a kind of last case scenario. But if you think you might, I don't know, you can't function, you can't hold down a job, or you uh, you have suicidal thoughts, which I do get when I have anxiety, that is important. Tell your doctor that. Don't hold anything back because they're your doctor and they can't actually share anything with anyone else. So yeah. that is just one thing I wanted to bring up. But uh, I'll move on from the that scenario. So it, just kind of explain where context is. I worked retail. If you work retail, you deal with a lot of people. Um, and where I worked for, it was four, for four years, it was one business. It closed down for six months and then became Target when Target entered Canada. I worked electronics. So I was kind of the first person you'd see upstairs. And, uh, there was a gentleman who would come in who, uh, spoke very little English, Middle Eastern. I'm not sure exactly where he had some mental disabilities for sure. Like he had no family in Canada. I don't know why he came. Um, but, uh, very friendly guy 
he needed help a lot because obviously when you know no English or very little English, like you just need help. Well, I sympathize because like I get it. People need help. Um, so I take my time because I have a lot of patience for that. And um, one time he stuck his hand out to thank me for all the help. I don't think he ever bought a thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. But it just, you know, this was this was his um, talking to people. He'd bike to the mall. He'd take the bus to the mall go around window shop basically and then leave and uh he told me about his family one time like he opened up quite a bit it was very sad but uh he was thankful that i was there and i was just like oh my god and he called me his brother so you can just see where this is going um one time he shook my hand and like i'm like okay so i go to shake his hand and he pulled me in and kissed me on both cheeks now Uh, My anxiety did not trigger. I was shocked. I was like dumbfounded. And I know it's a cultural thing. Yeah. But it is not appropriate. And like, I can only think of like, what if I was a woman? What if I was a guy that didn't have the same sort of like understanding of that? My anxiety did not trigger in that event, though, because I the context wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So it's really weird and specific. Well, you understood that this was a gesture of kindness and respect yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't enjoy it um (laughs) i didn't want it yeah uh shaking my hand was good enough i'm you know it's good there you know don't kiss me in front of other employees you know that's weird to have a girl scream oh my god (laughs) oh god but uh yeah so in 2015 i had my last date it is i've maybe had four dates doesn't mean i didn't try for more but i just i've had maybe three dates i've had three dates in prom and uh 2015 I would have been so I would have been 23 and uh, I was chatting with a girl on uh, POF which is plenty of fish it's not a Christian dating website which I've been asked before it's just a dating website (laughs) yeah Um, I think only people that are not in the dating scene would think that (laughs) yeah I've been asked I've been asked enough times for anyone out there that might be thinking like is that a no it is a plenty of fish in the sea reference so I uh I'm talking with a girl and I'm constantly asking, like, I feel like I'm annoying you. I feel like I'm annoying you. That's a bit of anxiety, uh, but it's more of um, depression, like thinking you're not worthwhile and stuff. Uh, She's like, I would stop talking to you if I didn't think you're attractive at all. Mm -hmm. And we go on for a while, but I don't ask her out. She asks me out. It's a Saturday night. She contacts me and is like, hey, do you want to go to a bar or whatever? that's when the panic starts. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, cause I'm, I'm taking my time. Like I'm like kind of panicking and she's like, or not. Like if you don't want to, I'm like, no, 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 I want to, I want to. Cause again, cognitively, I understand the situation, but my brain is like, no, whatever, whatever it is. It's like, no, this and, is, this is so hard because I, I'm like, I feel so bad for you that I like want to reach out and hug you, but that would yeah. just make it worse. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the like, thing because you know. the context is that's, yeah, that's, that's what that's makes true. this so stupid that if you came up and hugged me, I'll be honest, I'd probably hug you if I saw you in real life um, after this conversation. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't have an issue with human contact mm-hmm. at all. Like, I mean, don't kiss me on the face. Yeah. Again, it's a weird contextual thing that doesn't you can't even really pinpoint it because what makes the context change like the way i'm perceiving it or the way that it's actually happening like i don't know so panic starts to happen she's contacting like she keeps contacting me she's like i gotta get ready or whatever 
I'm outside in my driveway. Like uh, she doesn't drive, I drive. So I'll go pick her up, or we'll meet somewhere. Actually, downtown is where the plan is originally. I call my friend, and my friend's at a wedding. <laughs> I'm disrupting my friend at his wedding. Uh, not his wedding, but a wedding okay. he is at. Okay, that's better. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> I know you're yeah, getting no, married, he's, but he's at a wedding. He is at a wedding. <laughs> so he steps aside and he's like, "Hey, man, what's up?" Dude, I'm panicking. <laughs> like, she's asking me, and I don't know what to do. And, like, I want to go. And, like, oh, well, isn't that a good thing? And, like, he's really understanding. He's a really good guy. So he's just, you know, he's trying to talk me through it the best he can. And I guess he does a little bit. So I get in my car, and I go to the bar. I'm, like, getting ready could mean 10 minutes. I think it ends up being about 30, but it feels like forever when my panic's happening, yeah. right? I luckily have a friend who owns, like, he's a... He owned a barber shop, but and the way the road is, there's the main strip, which is uh, where all the bars are for the university students get in, uh, to get drunk at. Mm-hmm. So you can bar hop easily. He's got a parking lot there. That's a pay parking lot, but he has his own parking space. And he's told me, like, just park in my parking space. So I'm like, all right, sweet. So I go there and I'm sitting in the car and uh, she asks if I'll come pick her up. Now the anxiety has now even gotten worse. Yeah. So I am sitting in my car. I have the air condition. I'm going between turning the air conditioning on and off and on and off because that's what happens when you're in a panic attack. The Your body temperature just is all over the place. You feel super cold or you feel like you're on fire. And it's one of the two. I'm in a car and I'm hyperventilating to some extent, but I'm also not because I don't feel like I'm about to pass out. And like, I'm just it's terrible. And like, so I get out of my car. I feel sick and I start walking the back alleyway behind my friend's business. Now, the thing to note is that the bar that we were going to go to has a patio up above that faces the back area, which is not the nicest area to be facing. It'd be better to face the main street. But so it, it, they can see down the alleyway and there's people outside smoking behind the back entrance of this bar, which I think anyone can enter anyways. They're smoking and they can see me. Now, they can see me wandering around, but I start vomiting and I'm behind a bar. And all I can think of now is, A, I'm going to die. I wish I was dead because this is, feels terrible. Mm-hmm. I am don't know what else I'm panicking about. And then I think, oh, my God, these people are going to see me puking. Okay. They're going to see me get back in my car. They're going to think I'm drunk and try to take away my keys. So all this stuff's happening. I puke about four times, which I'm sorry if anybody doesn't want to hear about that. But that's just the reality of the story. Yeah. But uh I'm long gone. Like whoever I am talking to you now is watching um, my body on autopilot trying to just survive. The personality is gone and it's just a disaster of a human being. And I didn't see myself, thank God, at this point, but it probably didn't look too good. Mm -hmm. And I'm vomiting. And so I'm trying to get out of there. Not because the situation is bad, but I'm worried that I'm going to have to confront an even worse situation where I try to get my car and they go, man, you can't drive, you're drunk. Mm-hmm. So I drive off the main road entirely now. I'm like nowhere near it. Get in my car. She's still not ready. Um, I'm pulling into like an office building that's near train tracks because the parking lot's empty and like the road isn't busy. So I get out and now I'm just dry heaving. Like some, I, 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 sorry, before I left, I w- went to a convenience store to buy gum and water because A, no one likes puke breath and B, I've just wasted all my fluids and I feel dehydrated and then I'm going to maybe have a drink. So I, uh, I bought a bottle of water. I'm now 
heaving up, like dry heaving or spitting up water at this other parking lot. And I call a girl I liked and she knew I liked her. And I called her because she has, you know, um, some uh, psychological stuff too. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, you didn't have this issue with me. Uh, I'm like, yeah, but the context, and I think that's the first time I really recognized the issue. I'm like, that the context wasn't there. So yeah. I liked you, but you didn't know that. If I just kept my mouth shut, the friendship that we have would just be that. So the context didn't change, and then I wouldn't vomit because just not like I wouldn't have a panic attack because that's not the case. Nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and had I activated it, I could be in this scenario too. And um, I'm on my knees talking to her. I'm on my knees leaning into my car with my elbows resting on my seat, talking like one hand covering my eyes um, and the other hand holding a cell phone to my ear. The car, I think, is running. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm not doing good. And uh, I go and pick this girl up finally. She texts me that she's ready and I'm panic attacked the entire time uh, I'm getting to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get out and uh, I make a joke about how like uh, oh yeah I guess I am a real boy or something like that because you know online dating yeah. and uh, catfishing and all that stuff yeah um, really not a good icebreaker in real life meeting but I thought it was funny at the time mm-hmm. um, I ask her like hey uh, can we just go for a walk just to get to know each other in person a bit but she's like it's really hot out and it was um, hot relatively for Canada. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, what is it like 65 out? <laughs> I, I don't know. Cause you, you measure in, in magic numbers. Yeah. Uh, it was it Celsius. Was probably, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was humid. So it yeah. really doesn't matter how yeah. hot it is. You're not going to, you're going to just be gross at yeah. the end of it. Right. Yeah. We get in my car. She loves the fact that there's air conditioning, but the whole time I was on that date, I was really nervous. Mm-hmm. I had a bot of anxiety and I kept going to the washroom She's told me that she's had anxiety about that. So she was drinking to get over it. But I drove. So I can only have like a summer's bee. Otherwise, like bad news. So, but if you ask me how long that date was, it was, it was probably an hour. But it feels like 30 minutes of date and like an eternity of just suffering in that alleyway and, and that other parking lot. Yeah. Because time, like just the perception of it changes entirely um, when you're in that moment and you feel like you know you feel like you're almost in I guess in some sense you are but like you feel like you're in pain this was my most severe reaction but it was because I'd already agreed to it and wanted to I wanted to do it yeah but again my body just wouldn't let me Um, and that wasn't my last panic attack my last panic attack with this particular scenario was um, uh, last year uh, went back on POF and like I said the photo that you're looking at there's another one where it's me in the same suit sitting in the same chair but the glass isn't to my face yeah. I'm looking really suave in it so what ends up happening is I have a photo of me that's black and white and I put it up and uh, it's another you know people put their best hopefully on POF Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I start contact with a girl she's cute lives in the same city I live in a new city now, so like that last date happened in one city, and then I moved. Even tr- like I've been on POF, but I really wasn't trying. And then like I'm like I'm gonna try because I'm taking my anxiety medication, like taking I'm taking my Celexa, so I feel better. And like no, I was on half a pill at that point because I was like I'm all, I'm getting the antidepressant feeling from half a pill, so I'm just gonna do half a pill. My doctor said it's cool to do half a pill if that works for me. Yeah. Um. 
she's um, ended up going back to the doctor and she's like full pills that that should have been uh helped by your antidepressant mm-hmm. after this scenario so you know we're talking and she's like i'm sorry do you have any other pictures like it's a really good photo but it's only in black and white and i'm just wondering if you have one in color so me no one like all right i got the photo to send so i send i send the photo of me looking suave in a suit sitting in a chair it's actually a suit that's too small for me but you yeah. can't see that in the photo yeah. um so i uh sent it to her and she goes oh my god are you a model <laughs> And I, I chuckled. I, that's the exact same chuckle I had. It's like, <laughs> oh. and then boom, anxiety just washed over me. Mm-hmm. Oh my, she's like, do you want to meet up? I, like, we live in the same city or whatever. And I'm at work at that point because I work nights. And uh, I'm like, I'm at work right now. And I start panicking. I'm like, I'm going to just work through it. Because like you work through depression. You work through a bit of a bit of light anxiety maybe sometimes too. Or just you work through your emotions I find and you'll feel better. Because if you do nothing, you just dwell on them. So I'm like, I'm going to work through it. No. Now the physical illness part comes in and I go to the bathroom and um, I'm vomiting and I'm throwing water in my face and I'm trying. And eventually my brain's just like, you need to escape. Like, I don't give a shit if you punch a hole through the wall. Like, climb the fence out of work, do whatever you need to do. Just get out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, delete your POF account. Like, no, 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 no. It's like, no, you have to do this. Uh, so at this point, like my body's on autopilot to some extent. And then it's like hands the control over and like, you need to do this. You need to delete the count now. And I deleted and ghosted as the kids say. Yeah. Uh, I felt bad because that's not her fault. And that's not fair to her. Yeah. And I ended up starting up another account where I didn't put any pictures up to send her messages like, listen, I have terrible anxiety and I apologize and that's not worth it. Uh, or it's not fair to you. And that's the reason why I'm apologizing because I feel really bad. But you got to understand, like, I thought I was doing better because of the medication. Now, obviously, I'm not. And I'm going to see my doctor and blah, blah, blah. I just kind of opened up and was like, here's here's what happened and here's the reason why. That's not on you. That's totally on me. And I used to use the term to describing my bad anxiety. Like, I'd rather be skydiving. Yeah. Because skydiving is uh, a very scary thing you know you have the potential to die and i don't necessarily want to do it i don't not want to do it but i just i'm not going on my way to do it but when you're in the anxiety mode uh you're like anything's better than this let me wrestle a shark you know um bring on the stupid things that you could do honestly after the last time i had a panic attack uh, last year i finally decided that uh i was finally gonna just get my tattoo that I would was kind of thinking over since 2015, and I um, that Saturday I went and got a tattoo. And um, true crime fans out there will be happy to know it's a chalk outline. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, it has nothing to do with true crime, but it is it is a chalk outline. It was yeah. reference to um, a friend of mine. His band, uh, the band Slow Mo, and uh, his new project uh, Souls. He had a song called I Go On. And I've said it before, like, I listened to Peter Gabriel's Steam. And this time when I went through anxiety, I listened to his song, I Go On, on repeat. Ad nauseum because it made me feel better. Because it was his song and because I really loved his old band's work, I went and got their semi-logo tattooed on my arm because I'd been thinking about it for a long time. And there was some nervousness uh, going into uh, get my tattoo done. but They hurt. <laughs> mine wasn't actually that bad but it mine's yeah. on the um arm yeah yeah no they're not like they're not like fun it's no. a weird sensation it's not like just getting a needle it's weird because it's all these things that like yeah i probably wouldn't have gotten a tattoo otherwise 
um, maybe eventually, but what really pushed me was just the perspective of like, it's not anxiety. It's a little bit of nervous tension. Just go and get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, being nervous is healthy and be, having anxiety is not. It ruins your life. It takes away a lot of stuff from you. Not to uh, you know, sort of end the conversation on a down note. Well, but you're right. And, and, and it's your brain is tricking you. I, I think of the, the YouTube videos where somebody's in an elevator and the, the, the floor is like LED screens. And then it shows the floor falling out from under them. And they freak out because they believe that they're about to fall. That's what your brain's doing to you. It's tricking you and telling you there is danger. You, you cannot change your response. You cannot help your response. There's no, oh, I, I, I know it's not real. It's like telling somebody, okay, you got a, you got a job interview in the morning and then you're up all night thinking about it. Well, it's like, oh, well, just, it's just a job interview. You go to sleep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. it just doesn't work that way. You can physically or mentally not calm yourself. Your brain overpowers any logic. It overpowers any sort of efforts on your conscious part. <laughs> I think in the internet age, a lot of people wish stuff on other people, um, but, uh, wish terrible things. And I wouldn't wish this on anyone because it is this to feel as if death is around the corner basically, and you can't avoid it because there's nothing to avoid and there's nothing to fight back against is a terrible way to live. And I luck out that I can at least avoid mine. Because it's not like smell of a perfume that triggers it or uh, a sound, just life in general, right? Like it is a very specific thing that, yeah, plenty of people don't ever maybe date and are comfortable with that. Difference between me and them, though, is that it's something I want to do and can't and they choose not to. And that's the problem that I get when I bring it up with people is that like, well, it's totally fine that you've never had sex and you're 26. Yeah, was that by choice, though, yeah. that person? Or was that crippling anxiety that stopped them from getting anywhere because they can't deal with that situation or a situation even before that, a situation less than that? But when I started to try to have that build up a relationship with people, this is the response I had. And it doesn't go away and it's getting worse as I get older. And like I said, people are moving on with their lives and making families or getting their shit together and I'm held back because yeah. anxiety. And I'm like, what is it? Absolutely nothing. It's something in my head. Well, um, it's, it's a huge thing in your head and it's not something to take lightly. And we as humans are, are hardwired to seek companionship, seek sexual partners. Well, so, yeah, I think none of us would be here otherwise. <laughs> yeah. And so you have this huge conflict your instincts tell you to go date, but then your anxiety says no. I mean, of all things. Yeah, but I, like at the same time, I don't. I didn't do this to you know get people to feel sad for me. I just wanted it because again, I can talk about this stuff because yeah. I am fortunate to some extent that I can leave the house and I can hold down a job and that I can talk to people that I do not know. I'm fortunate of that and like I know that there are plenty of people that have it that can't talk about it, you know, and, and when they do, they get, well, I get anxiety too. Like, I just want people to kind of see functional people are debilitated by this and like 
I'm at the higher end of that. Other people will avoid eating in front of others because it's something they can't do. I just want to give people a perspective of how specific and how it affects you. But, you know, life moves on. Uh, you know, just if, it, if I get sattered, I'll just yeah. get a stronger antidepressant. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, if there's two thoughts I, I want to kind of just uh, leave on. Yeah. We talk a lot about mental illness, at least in Canada. I'm sure they do in the States. Well, I mean, they do. Unfortunately, it's never under uh, good reasons. It's usually on Twitter in caps. In Canada, we have a thing called um, Bell Let's Talk, which is a uh, a day where uh, the media conglomerate Bell decides that uh, they'll donate money to mental issues. But they brand it with the Bell name and you'll see a lot of talk about depression and you'll see a lot of talk about people who have worse like schizophrenia yeah. and stuff like that because obviously those people get pushed aside even more but no one almost no one talks about how like a crippling anxiety because it is something that is unsexy i guess to say the least it isn't it isn't so far gone that you feel bad for them and it's not something that affects as many people as depression does and it's not necessarily as um widespread as depression like it doesn't affect your entire life it might just affect certain parts of it like it does for me and the other thing to note is look at all the music out there that talks about how sad someone is Mm -hmm. or is someone having a schizophrenic episode because there are artists that have done that like trying to put together like how did this person kind of lose their mind over time and everything but no one sings about puking in a back alleyway before a date because it's not something that's going to go over well Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily relatable because everybody has it differently so the best thing that i could say to anyone that has anxiety is a you're not alone you might be different but you're not alone and don't ever let someone that says i have anxiety to get you down even even you know they don't because they're just trying to relate to you open up to them if they really want to relate they will and i've had like i've been lucky to have people in my life that are willing to listen i I like that message it's a good one how's it going tonight justin sorry (laughs) i like that It's weird because right now I felt like, honestly, I felt like reaching out was almost weirder than the first time. Why? Sorry, I have, I've been so far behind on releasing no, stuff. No, I, listen, I was like, maybe the episode didn't work out. Like, oh, no. Because your grind is like impeccable. So he's busy man. Like he's juggling yeah. a bunch of shit. You're going around doing podcasts with other people. I know some people might be like, well, but what about what we recorded? And my yeah. whole thing is like, he's doing that. So he gets more people to his main podcast, mm-hmm. you know, that pays the bills and everything. I, maybe he doesn't want to use it. Like that's totally fine. Like no. that's got to happen. All right. So. I was actually editing you right now, <laughs> which is ironic. <laughs> That's weird. You know. So the the conversation we're about to have feels weird again <laughs> mm-hmm. because when I talked to you last, I was 26, yeah. not one sexual experience mm-hmm. ever, not even making out. Yeah. And now, uh, one date later, one like date. literally the only date I've had since yeah. um, was Tuesday of this week. Wow. They haven't had sex. I will say that, make that clear. 
Mm -hmm. um, I made out. I uh, I received oral. Um, didn't perform. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be honest, but um, that, well, that's only because the anxiety, like yeah. like the anxiety was still there. I fought a lot of anxiety. I don't know how to feel. Does that make sense? It feels weird because who I was for 26 years mm -hmm. was the person that talked to you and two months or so, a month and a little bit later yeah. like sitting here and the identity is kind of gone not to say that I set myself on that identity because it's a shitty identity to have and if like you're in that boat as well out there like don't sit in it it sucks um, it's much nicer on the other side but at the same time if you stick in that identity for too long when you get out of it it's a lot harder to kind of come back to the real world because like all of a sudden you're like, I don't know who I am mm -hmm. because while well, I didn't initiate the making out or uh, I feel, I feel uncomfortable because like I didn't, she, she's not, she hasn't, I'll end up sending it to her to mm -hmm. listen to. I didn't ask for her permission to talk about it, but I'm part of the situation. So I feel like it's okay. Did she know your background? She knew I had no, well, here's the thing that's really weird. I don't know if she believes me, man. I'm hoping that when you put out this episode and I send it to her, like she knows that I'm not fucking around. Like mm -hmm. she was my first for a lot of things. It's a little bit weird because I don't, that's the weirdest part about this man is that I know that you said last time that like, I'm a, good looking guy and like again it's a weird thing to say to another guy i get it Whatever. <laughs> um well you know what i mean though yeah, it's yeah. like it is a weird it is a weird thing because like, we're so set up to not be that way mm -hmm. as men and like that's that toxic masculinity bullshit and all that but it's it is a thing that um can give off the wrong impression too if you say it in a different way yeah i don't know if she believes that i Have was any... my first time she, she... because of how i look uh -huh because of what i did it's a weird thing that i don't know how to feel this week like i like her a lot and i want to mm -hmm. see her again and i want to make that clear too like this wasn't like me just trying to hook up and get it over with yeah. like i didn't expect it to happen well i think everybody knows that you're not trying to just no man did, did, i'm really not yeah, like, yeah. I, out of everyone but, but, i've ever met you're the last person that would just sleep with somebody and then be like, okay, I'm done. You know, like, no, you, yeah. it would have to be very important to you. Yeah. And like, maybe it's lame. Cause we've only been on one date, but we've been talking for quite a while online and stuff. And um, like, it was our first time meeting in person too. let's make that clear. But we had spent like basically all day together. It's weird. Cause it's like, I don't want to say like sappy stuff. Cause it feels like it's too quick for me to be saying stuff like that. But it's the same time. It's like you, now I have to deal with a new reality. This is, so this is the other part of anxiety that I want to talk about now, mm -hmm. because everything I knew, everything that I had sort of this world that I crafted around me of what I thought I knew is that all bullshit. Who am I? Like I'm the one that initiated kind of oral on her. And like I said in a way where like I wasn't really sure what mm -hmm. the hell I should say type of thing. Yeah. She's like, all right. You know, I didn't know what I was doing, so she had to run me through the basics and stuff. <laughs> and I was a lot of question asking uh from my half, but really weird that like now because now the anxiety is like making it work and not fucking it up and um 
it's like now another side of it like great i know i can get through that part but can you make it last mm-hmm. and like it, it's this weird like just moving of the um goal posts yeah that's happened dude i've been so uh a little bit more background story like two three weeks ago i went to the hospital uh for uh basically stress related stuff yeah was like potentially going to get admitted and they put me on higher dose of benzos than I probably should have been, which messed me up for two days. So I had a questioning of who I was because I used to go by my second name. I go by my first name now, but some people call me by my last name and I have nicknames and like, dude, it was, it was a mess. So I'd figured out all that stuff in like the last two weeks and started to be comfortable with myself again, right? After like stress kind of broke me down and then Tuesday happened, it was really good. But now I'm like questioning, like, am I that person that wants to have sex all the time now? Like, is that something that I'm still interested in? Or is it something that's like, it's a lot of weird questioning. But part of that, and this is, again, the reason why I want to talk to people about it in the first place is that anxiety does weird things to you. So just because you overcome it doesn't end the anxiety, just changes it. So I have a friend that can't go to work like a mental breakdown at work and was unable to go back to work and has severe anxiety that he has trouble working and uh you can only do so much before the just like your anxiety just clings on to something else so now i've overcome like getting intimate with someone It, it is weird though because like it was all my life right like it's such a dumb thing to say of course it was all your life but like 26 years so what is that 10 years probably of like what should have been maybe even more but like let's say 16 is the average age that people start getting a little bit more sexually yeah yeah um right like so from 16 to 26 all i did was work that was kind of where i found my identity now who am i at 26, I have to question that based on one semi-sexual encounter, I suppose. However, people want to judge it. Well, um, what, what you just went through is called a paradigm shift. And that's where everything you know changes. And Yeah. Weird to have this conversation with you because of it being so ingrained into who I was. That I wasn't this sexual kind of guy or anything, and then like with the right person, I guess it came out. Well, that's that's. I good. would say, yeah. yeah, it is, and um, she's really sweet, and I want to see her again, and like, like she's on my mind a lot, but like at the same time, part of me is like, where did you go? Oh, so you live with you, yeah. you live with so. With anxiety, like I try to disassociate myself with it, and my friend's been calling me out on my bullshit a lot. It is part of you, right? So now that anxiety is gone, it's changed, but it's not the same. It's not severe like it was. Yeah. So now, who am I? It's like what now I'm, you know, I had three arms, and now I have two. You know what I mean? Like, and the one arm was holding me back. <laughs> right like it's just it's it's a weird feeling that i'm and you're right it is a paradigm shift but i just i can't put like I, I, listen the last time i was better with words than i am now like i feel like the last time i was more aware of myself now i'm not and it's weird that like the thing that i talked to you about beforehand that i was so scared about 
ended up being really good and now I don't know what to do with myself because I'm not worrying about it anymore. Uh you're still you. You're just a bet you're just so. you're just a better version of yourself. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's what getting over mental illness, mental uh setbacks is all about. And yeah, you're still I mean, you're still gonna have anxiety. You're gonna wonder yeah. if now it's am I going to be able to impress her? Am I going to be able to make her happy? And then, you know, God forbid, you know, someday you take a knee and hand her a ring that that's just going to be a lot of anxiety there, man. It's just a different form of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. it was a weird part of me to be questioned if it was like that she didn't, I just don't know why that would have been something anyone would lie about, I guess. It was a word like a scarlet letter rather than like any form of pride. I wasn't happy that I was mm -hmm. alone, right? Yeah. Um, it's so jumbled right now, my brain. And I. the reason why I contacted you is because it is, again, it's so bloody bizarre that within a month, basically, the person you talk to and the, is not, the description is, um obsolete you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. like i fuck that description was me for bloody years and now yeah. it's like and no <laughs> i love hearing that i, I know <laughs> i it's like i feel like this is good news and like i'm trying to be positive but at the same time it's a weird feeling so i need people to kind of also prepare for that when they try to get over their stuff because if they do they might be like now what i guess the answer is like now you're free to some extent you know i i wonder like is this kind of how prisoners feel like obviously their situations are worse but when they get out like is this the feeling this is shitty <laughs> like, <laughs> like what do you do with yourself like i don't know you know you have um, all the options in the world now world and <laughs> you know if it doesn't work out with her and i hope it does i've learned things i don't feel as uncomfortable anymore which is going to make the next situation weird because now because i've prepared my life always for like dates i'm gonna panic and puke and i didn't this time i didn't with her and i've been fighting my anxiety for her and she knows i have anxiety she's really sweet about it that's another thing that i started doing after i talked to you is that i was trying dating websites and stuff Mm -hmm. um, maybe putting up photos that were far more attractive than the one I had on Skype of me in a suit and yeah. maybe showing a little bit more flesh than like normally would. Yeah. Um, shirtless wearing a leather jacket still. So like you can see some of my chest, even though I'm a skinny dude. So there's not much there. <laughs> and honestly, it didn't turn out like I didn't have going on any dates from plenty of fish or whatever, but it was, um, it's been weird because I've been very honest and I'm, been very upfront about it and like what i'm discovering overall is that since the last time i talked to you and now i feel like and maybe this is just me wait opening my eyes a bit and maybe this is just actually the world changing for the better because god knows the world's been changing a lot as of like the last month i found a lot more people are understanding and a lot more people are are willing to to just hear me out on my anxiety and understand it yeah and give me a chance she's been so sweet about it if if someone out there has the same problem as i do where you are afraid of that emotional 
or physical, both, you know, uh, types of intimacy, like I was, where you, you, you basically just kind of latch onto anyone and just give parts of yourself away because it's the only way you have any emotional intimacy. Cause I'm a very open person with everybody, but that's to make up for all that time I spent alone. Right. It was a, it was a way to be like, I'm very open with all my thoughts and feelings because I don't have anyone to be that way with. So it's just like anybody can be mine. So there was no emotional intimacy because mm-hmm. I just gave it all away because I was afraid of being emotionally intimate. So if it's just something that everybody knows, it's not scary. Right. Yeah. So I was very open about like, how did your weekend go? <laughs> Try to kill myself or whatever. Like, I know it doesn't sound funny at an break room because it's not, but like when you ask me and that's how my weekend went and people are like, wow, how could you talk about that? So honestly, like I, who am I going to talk to about it? Because it's not something I had with anyone. Emotional intimacy, it's bullshit. I didn't have it with anybody because I wasn't in any relationship. I wasn't dating, all that stuff. Um, because I was afraid of it. Physical intimacy, like shit, there was times where people would touch me and it wasn't trying to be sexual, but because it could be perceived that way, my brain would shut off and be start to panic and just feel uncomfortable, even though it was just a friend. Now that I've had it with someone where the anxiety, I could push it aside for the most part. Find someone that's okay with it is my best thing, whether it's emotional or physical intimacy or even understanding why it's hard for you to go to work sometimes. If the person, if you aren't around people that understand that, then like find those people. I've lucked out with friends, podcast hosts, apparently, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, and uh, luckily my parents and um, this girl that um, it's made my life easier in the last month than it's been ever. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah. It's weird, though. I still feel like there's some this weird nagging sensation. This is so off talking to you about good things. Weight's been um, lifted, but, man. You you yeah. you were carrying this thing around on your back, and now it's not there, and you're expecting it to be there every time you look over your shoulder. You're expecting that that little devil on your shoulder, that monkey on your back, whatever you want to call it. You expect it to be there, and it's not there. That's a really <laughs> profound way to put it. Yeah, that's actually it. Like exactly. Yeah, I mean, oh my god yeah sometimes, um, sometimes psychedelics give you insight into other people's <laughs> psyche <laughs> yeah i think it would ruin me i think another trip to the hospital would uh who am i like i'm tripping on shrooms or lsd uh, um yeah, i don't I, think i'd come through the other no. side of that unharmed no um, I, I do not i do not recommend it at this time i think i discover myself too much <laughs> yeah, yeah um baby steps baby steps oh uh, yeah this girl smoking a menthol cigarette i've never smoked in my life and you know i took up whatever you want to call it. i took an inhale off of it drag yeah drag yeah and uh boy don't like smoking but yeah. um it was a moment of, like just a momentary decision i made it, again it was a weird thing where if maybe it wasn't right for me i don't know man it's again it's so weird because talking to you is almost a different person than i did beforehand but i wanted to give you an update because i felt it would be dishonest for you to if you were gonna run the episode yeah. it would be dishonest to not update you on it because uh-huh. it was no longer who i was yeah or it's not who i am anymore is what i should say it's who i was yeah um and it's something i will always acknowledge but it's weird to not be connected to it anymore mm-hmm. so 
Well, I think that uh, you are going to be a, a yes man now. You're going to say yes to everybody, like taking a drag of a cigarette or yes to things that you normally wouldn't have said yes to. I, I, listen, I'm, I can't, I can't, I do have a manic side as well as my depressive side. Mm-hmm. So there is some, um, there is stories of me go, being the yes man. You know, <laughs> we go pre-drinking at a friend's house and I can't make it to the bar. I have like two settings and it's on or off. And I was off for so long for most things, right? Well, I guess if I have any words of advice for anyone, it's really, it's hard. I can't tell you anything that's going to really be like the TED talk version, the self-help version of like, you just got to do this and face your anxiety. Don't jump into the cold water. Like that doesn't help you. Diving in is not necessarily the safe response either because you can put yourself in a bad situation. I've been there too. But find the conditions that are right for you because your anxiety is holding you back from doing something. First, again, talk to your doctor. I think I said that last time. I don't remember exactly everything I said. The second thing is, is like, it took me 10 years to go on a date where I wasn't panicking the entire time. 10 years. I didn't go on a lot of dates. I think I've been on six my entire life. My last one before the one earlier this week was 2015. Not once with anyone else did I feel comfortable. And maybe that was a personality thing. Maybe I wasn't ready for it, but the right situation had to be waiting for me too. But part of me also had to be there and be cognitively working positively towards it. I couldn't also just check out. You have to be willing to put in some effort. But as an anxiety person myself, I understand that want for control. You need to also find situations that are going to help work for you too. Because if they're not going to meet you halfway, then it's not going to work out. All I've learned from this experience is that talking about it has done me more positives been hiding it my entire life mm-hmm. for so for 10 plus years i hid my anxiety so if you're out there it may be hard but tell someone and if they're a good person and most people are i truly believe that yeah. that the, even even the shittiest of people have a good part in them i found the right people i i hope the best for everyone out there and uh, yeah, I guess uh, if you're going to cut it off anywhere, I'd say that maybe sex isn't as scary as I thought it was. Yeah. It's scary and it takes effort. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of glad you didn't put the episode out because this would have been just tacked onto something else. And um, thank you, by the way. I don't know if I thanked you beforehand. Oh. I don't know if I'd be here this week. No, not talking to you, but like in the position I am now, had I not talked to you about my anxiety, mm-hmm. because it was the start of me going online again, trying to plenty of fish is terrible, but like, you know, <laughs> trying again mm-hmm. and, and being open and honest about having anxiety out front with people. And, and before I met her, I told her like, I having bad anxiety. And she's like, are you're not going to flake? Are you? And I'm like, no, this is too important. I'm not going to flake. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, no, man. I I, I kind of want to run around and get high five, but at the same time, I'm still just taking it in. But I like I do legitimately owe you thanks. The pleasure was all mine, Anthony. I hope someday I'll make it up to Canada and we can meet in person. 
So I wanted to include this piece here where we hear from Anthony and what's taken place since the recording. I've been working diligently on getting episodes done. I have part two of this, so I should get it out next week. I'm going to CrimeCon, which might delay me a few days. You guys have a good one. I'll talk to you all soon.